Hey zookeepers, it's your first, second, or third favorite Hollywood kaiju bad boy, Martin Felschman. We just had on special returning guest Adam Gilbert to discuss the Stephen Chow classic, Kung Fu Hustle. We get deep, dirty, and reference rap rock pioneers Limp Biscuit at least once, so you can already tell this episode is an absolute barn burner. If you're enjoying Podzuki, please be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or throw us a review on Spotify. And if you ever like to get in touch with us or if you have something you'd like us to stay on an episode, we will read literally anything you want us to, so feel free to tweet at us at Podzuki on Twitter if that's still around, or email us at podzukipodcast at gmail.com. Now hit me with that intro. To Ghidra, what is Ghidra's? Ten to one, he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels are still since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy ass curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all, to the beat. Hello and welcome to Podzuki, the world's one and only Godzilla Christian podcast. Uh, if there's three in a room and they worship Godzilla, he's there in presence, which I think is important to remember these days in age where, you know, we live in a godless country, a Godzilla-less country. Um, this is so hack. I'm and and God, schools Jesus. need Jesus-zilla. Mm. That's, that's... And also, women's right to choose? I say, no thank you. Uh, Author's right to choose. Yeah. Oh man, way to bum ever bum me out yeah. anyway. <laughs> like, I mean, you don't like my favorite Godzilla movie, Godzilla Roe vs. Wade? I'd almost forgotten that America sucks for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really <laughs> bad right now. It's, like, really bad. Yeah, and for, like, anybody listening to the future, we're recording this in July when women 2022. Can yeah. <laughs> for now. Yeah, we haven't gone full hand, ha- Handmaiden's Tale yet. Um, More like Rodan versus Wade. I just feel like Let's even go. even the media... <laughs> They're the real kaijus. Yeah, even like the, the, the liberal media is against us because I remember seeing there's a CNN article today that was like surprised because in San Francisco there's like 10,000 turnout for a... Um, altogether because there's an abortion rally and there's a trans right rally. And they're like... They came together, something nobody would ever expect. I'm like, are you fucking serious? It is literally <laughs> like the same issue... <laughs> Like it's about people having autonomy over their bodies. It's not they're not against each other. Oh god yeah, damn it. A pretty good amount of overlap. Yeah, really <laughs> it's like almost there's no Venn diagram, it's almost a circle. Like now like yeah, like a gun rights rally and a pro choice rally, that'd be kind of interesting to that'd see be them fun. be like, oh, okay, I guess there's something there. I mean like listen. Uh, not Temporary. My, not my politics, but those were some dudes I could get a beer with, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, men are evil. Anyways, uh, yeah, welcome to Podzuki. I'm one of your uh, Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Brandon Kirkman. I'm another one of your Kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Luke Evans Flip. I'm your third Hollywood Kaiju bad boy, Martin Felschman. And joining us tonight is very special guest. Everyone, give it up for Adam Gilbert. Returning oh, guest. Hey. Returning, hey. returning champion. Nice. How you guys doing? Okay, I want to um, wait until we start, but I want to give you one more last gift before you go to New York. Uh, brand, our, our, one of our Bond socks? Bond's oh my right god! Socks. One, our host Brandon is about to have a child very soon. Like very in the, soon. In the next two weeks. Yeah, the next wow. several weeks. Yeah, so he's been he's just been giving us it's, stuff yeah. that he has to get rid of. And once we get to the one-week period, that's what I call the Hootie and the Blowfish zone, so that's why I'm really excited. <laughs> they did one week, right? Hootie and the Blowfish? No, yeah. isn't that Bare Naked Ladies? Oh, Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> it gets me on. It gets me on. Yes. 
We're doing jokes from Comedy Bang Bang in 2015 now. <laughs> well, that's how I know. That's how I knew yeah. that's what the song was because I just think of that. Uh, shout out to Comedy Bang Bang, and whenever you have a good guest, and I like go back to it, it's like it's still pretty good. So, yeah. oh yeah, I'm going to see. I'm going to see him when they're in town. Oh, that sounds fun. Oh, a couple months. are they at the oh, yeah. theater? I think so. I don't. I don't know where it's at, but I know they're in nice. town. Yeah. I know Paul F. Tompkins is going to be there. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going to be But sick. yeah, so this is the first, uh, I guess it's going to be a trilogy. I mentioned it earlier. I don't know if you're going to get that right. part That's right, we're doing out. all three Godfathers. <laughs> where we're <laughs> Saving the best for One <laughs> awesome, one good, but with some bad parts, and then the other I don't have, I haven't seen. Wait, what's the one with the good, but with some bad parts? Godfather 2. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I, I, Godfather uh, 1 is way wow. better. I know everybody always talks about Godfather um, 2 being the best one. The Vito Corleone flashbacks part. Yeah. That's the best part of the movie. The rest yeah. of it's kind of like, I, nah, I don't it's care. Great. I'm it's great. It's great It's two movies. I'm going to put yeah, this so we can have this in recording so I can admit this because I've lied about this at parties back in college and I want to... I want to make right. I've never seen the Godfather films. What? I have also never seen any of the Godfather movies. Oh my god, they're both great. Don't watch. I know they're good. (laughs) Third one is bad. The first one's really good. The second one is very good, but I have some problems with it. It's very different. I I have have a thing about like following a movie with fictional characters. Like Italians aren't real. I can't get invested (laughs) in the world. They're real. You just can't be racist against them. We established this (laughs) in previous episodes. The most pissed off thing is I can't be racist against Italians. I want to be. You know, so it's, cra- it's, it's crazy, like, like we're joking, but I've said that to multiple people and they're, like, legitimately like, yeah, you can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, shout out to past guest Sam Maori famously put that out there, and I agree with him to this day. <laughs> yeah. So, man, we've had some good people on this. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some good episodes. Bill Cosby. Occasionally, Louis uh, <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Creator of Rerode Kenshin, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Pedo Jimmy Man. Seville. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, if that's, a, get, that's a deep cut pedophile. We could get John Hinckley now that he's free. <laughs> oh, oh no, that's a legitimate yeah. good. No, guy. he is a good person because he actually almost killed. If he okay, let's get the, this. Is how, this is how we know Podzuki's back. He killed the. He tried to kill the right person yeah, for the wrong. That's reasons. what I was about to say. If he actually had done what he was going to do, I don't condone murder. This entire nation would be a different place right now. It really would be. Yeah. It, man, god damn it. That you need to put a like a, a little aside. Like For those of you who don't know, John Hinckley Jr. is an, a, fail, a failed presidential assassin. Oh, yeah. that's right. Ronald he, shot, he shot Ronald Reagan and uh, some, some some something Brady. Yeah, like they famously, passed the Brady, Brady bill after. Famously, yeah. he got shot and he went, Ooh, these aren't jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> anyway, I this is the first part of a trilogy of our quote-unquote favorite movies. This is Brandon's pick. And it is Kung Fu Hustle, directed by Stephen Chow. Written and produced by Stephen Chow as well, from 2004. Um, I I, I want to talk about my experience real quick before we get into the movie itself and we go over like the whole summary. Um, I think we could all start with that because like this movie had a media presence. It did. Oh yeah. Um, and I was I was I was swept in the Kung Fu Hustle fever because uh, my good friend Nick, also a former guest on this podcast, was like. Have you heard about this movie? Because this is when I was working with them back at Target back in 2004. I was like, no. I was like, oh, we should go see tonight after we get done the shift. So me and my brother and him went to go see it. And I was like, holy fucking shit. This is the best movie ever made. Um, Nick also knew about his other movies. Uh, God of Cookery, which is another one he put out, I believe, around 1994 or five, And then uh, before that, or no, after that, Shaolin Soccer. All... Shaolin Soccer was before this movie. Yeah, that was 2000. Yeah. 
And then, yeah, I think God of Cookery is, like, his first directed and produced movie. I gotta look that up, so, you know, I'll redact that if I need to. I just know a lot about this and Stephen Chow's career, just I don't know the years as well. Um, but if you haven't seen those and you like these, you gotta see God of Cookery and you gotta see uh, uh, Shaolin Soccer. Um, yeah, I've heard endless good things about Shaolin Soccer. Yeah, Shaolin Soccer fucks. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, it was just, like... It was a cartoon movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, uh, this this movie was. It's Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. You mean to cut ahead, but oh my god. Um, one of my favorite weird factoids is this is one of Bill Murray's favorite comedies. Um, oh, that right. He's talked about it in multiple interviews, which I think is great. <laughs> I was gonna bring this up, and like, not to get ahead of myself, he mentioned that like, oh, this puts American comedies to shame, and I'm like, it's a funny movie, but uh, it's not really a comedy. No. Well, there's certain parts that I think are more funny than any comedy I've ever seen. It's which, a yeah. silly movie. Yeah. I, I, I've laughed harder at this movie than I've laughed harder at like the last five comedies I've seen. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into it. Let's it's, keep going through our experience comedy. with yeah. beginnings with um, this movie. I think an important thing I really wanted to get into is that uh, the choreography of this film was done by Yuan Wu-Ping. Um, which Yuan Wu-Ping? Yuan Wu-Ping. Uh, is that I, had, I thought I had a joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought a joke would come to me. I like Wu Ping, Goldberg, something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, that's as far as I can take it. The reason I mention this is if you know like choreographers and all that in Hollywood, he's like he's world famous because he's not just known for his work in China because he did famously The Drunken Master, which is another amazing one I always Ooh. recommend. Mm. Uh, and also. Uh, I mean, the most famous one, which is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, but hell yeah. he got famous for all of his movies in the '90s and 2000s in China, and they brought him over here. And like, literally, the movies he's done all of the Matrix series, including the first one, uh, the newest one as well. And then also both Kill Bills, Ooh. and then uh, Crouching Tiger. I put that again. Oops. Uh, what's the last one? I forgot. There was a really recent one that was. Uh, Impressive! I should have wrote. Oh, down. It was Space Jam Two, right? It's Space Jam Two. Yeah. <laughs> did he do? Um, did he do Hero? It kind of looked like I similar. I think he might have done Hero. I'll look that up because yeah. I want to be. I want to be actually uh, cordial and actually uh, accurate on this one episode, unlike usual. Podzuki, where we do our research during the show, <laughs> <laughs> or like the Clifford episode where we just started making up things about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Was that our anti-Semitic episode? Yes. <laughs> that was one of our anti-Semitic episodes. That's debatable. We had Mads on, and they started saying the K-word a lot. Oh, I started saying the K-word. Yeah. Then we started saying But the they're K-word. both Jewish, so it was really funny, and I liked it a lot. <laughs> if you come on our podcast, and you can say the slur of your choice, and it's... Uh... No, I'm not going to go this one. <laughs> yeah. It's not the slur of your choice. It's the slur of wherever yeah, the you come from. the slur of your choice. <laughs> Polak. Yeah, well... Oh, that, no, that, that's good. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm Polish. But I, that's all, what I always thought, like, people forget, forgot that that's a slur. Because, <laughs> like, how, like, like, we gotta bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bringing back Polish hate. Come, weary traveler, bring the slurs of your people. <laughs> I think Man, I had nothing to put on my college application about being discriminated against. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I'm German on both sides, and luckily I come from a stock of people who have never done anything bad. So. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so you went to see it with your buddies, and then you loved it. Is that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find the choreography for a hero, but that also is a, a film that fucks for sure. Um, Lots of people in midair stabbing each other slowly, kind of like 
kung fu hustlers, which is yeah. a beautiful thing. Yeah. But Martin, what was your like when this movie came out? What was your experience I, with it? I did not see this movie when it came out. I saw it in like 2006, and I watched it with my family, and we all fucking loved it. I think it's it's probably the hardest I've ever laughed with my family, and it was it was just a beautiful time. I don't think I've seen it since then because there was a lot of the movie I did not remember. Yeah. And it was very nice to revisit it. See, I remember when this movie came out, 2004, I believe, when it came out. It came out in America the same year that it came out in, like, China, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, I remember, like, seeing ads for it, and some people saying, like, even though they hadn't said it, but they'd read on the internet, because the internet was really big at that point, <laughs> obviously. I lived in a rural area, so not everybody had the internet still, even back then. Of course. Even now. But I what remember. What do they do for pornography? Uh, Playboy and I. I, I whoa, 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 whoa! Playboy still around? They're missing a whole world. Like they don't even know about furry pornography. This is off off the the record. But one time I found like a bunch of Playboy magazines in the closet in my bedroom, and I don't know where they came from. But I'm convinced my dad probably put them there because my porn before that was a file folder filled with like hentai print printouts. <laughs> And I, I, I know he knew about it because, the, like, my, uh, whenever my aunt and uncle and grandma would come down, like, some of them would stay in my room and would tell, they would tell me, hey, That's so get, funny. move that around. So, like, yeah, when I found those Playboy magazines in my closet, like, I've never asked him about it. But I've always figured <laughs> that's I, I, what happened. I just want to call it right now. MVP of the episode is Luke's dad. Yeah. <laughs> just like, well, was that Luke's dad or was that porn Santa? <laughs> I mean, I think if whoever did it, they would have been porn Santa. So yeah. if it was my dad, then he's porn Santa. <laughs> dad love... finding your hand to... What is this shit? Yeah. Give my boy some real porn. <laughs> How about some Santa porn? How, okay, yeah. How, Which is actually a thing there's a lot of. Yeah. How old were you guys when you discovered your dad was porn Santa? Uh, I would say probably about oh, God. Oof, 12 or 13 when he gave us the internet. <laughs> we just, I just remember seeing that like we were into the same thing in our Google history. I was like Aww. helping my dad with a password and it just saw Jenny McCarthy boobs. And I was like, <laughs> I was crying. I do remember yeah. the, the, the threshold of like finding my dad's porn. Because he had like in his closet in my parents' room, he has like a stack of like hustlers. Which, like, Hustlers show show the pussy. So, like, that's, Famously. like, way cooler. That's right, yeah. It's, like, it, like, shows it, like, on the But plane. I remember when yeah, they would you... go out of town and I was, like, home alone, I would go in there and, like, I would, like, actually read the articles. Like, whereas, like, they say, like, oh, Playboy they has good, good articles. articles. Playboy would occasionally have good articles, but the Hustler had, like, shit where they actually, like, Sexual health oh, yeah. articles, which oh, were really fucking cool. interesting. Larry like, Flint was very a pro sexual education in this country. He hey, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah, um, like yeah, I appreciate that, and also like you know like penis. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say pussy. Like when it, like you like yeah. when you're a kid and like you see boobs pretty early, mm -hmm. but then when you actually see pussy, that's what, like it's like scary at first. It's, it's, oh yeah, because you're like I I didn't expect so much purple. Yeah. What, well, wait, <laughs> it's not well, in a magazine. Purple? Purple? See purple. I'm saying the first time you see a real pussy. Oh, did you have that special purple? like grimace issue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with them. I've seen some purple ones. Oh, yeah, okay. that's what I'm like. like I don't, I don't want to. Anyway, Ladies. yeah, I remember this movie coming out. <laughs> well, I wanted, and people telling I think me specifically. I want to say is that I, this joke is going to sit with me forever. I don't get it out. 
is that your dad thought he was going to, like, fix you, but he didn't realize he was just diversifying your portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> your portfolio. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, he probably knows it now. <laughs> oh, okay, anyways, carry on. But yeah, the movie came out, and people were saying, like, oh, it's actually supposed to be really good. Because I kept thinking of that movie Kung Pao that had come out yeah. Yeah. a few years prior by, uh, what's his name? Bob Odenkirk. It's not Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> <laughs> it is Damn a similar it, I'm name. Kung Pao! <laughs> uh, no, it's Steve okay. Odenkirk. Steve Odenkirk. Uh, so not even Odenkirk, it's Odenkirk. That's, I'm sorry, I keep fucking A up. man who thinks that cows are the funniest thing He really ever. does. Oh, Which yeah. I didn't even find that till like uh, when you mentioned you wanted to do this when I was researching Kung Pao. Like he also did that Nickelodeon show Back to the Barnyard. Oh, he did that one. Yeah, yeah, and like that's like all like male cows that have udders for some reason. Yeah, and <laughs> Kung Pao has yeah. a very like they use in all the trailers of him fighting a cow. Very poorly CGI. Which cow. also is, like Kung Pao is a. Fairly good movie. It is. It is one of my favorite gags of all time. He like just very quickly runs into the store and he just feels like, "Oh, ten thousand nuts, please!" And (laughs) Barky, just the roughest cut imaginable. Just this old guy, just smiling ear to ear, just goes, "That's a lot of nuts." (laughs) (laughs) I do. I just love the idea, like. Because they didn't mention the advertising, or maybe I would have gone to see it, where like it was him like cutting up. A couple of like kung fu movies, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I didn't. I thought that movie sound seemed stupid, so I didn't watch it. And then Kung Fu Hustle came out and it reminded me of Kung Pao, <laughs> so I thought it would be stupid, and I didn't watch it until yeah. now. And it's very okay. Oh wow! What? what? It's very really good. It. It's very good. Right. But we'll get into my feelings on it. I even liked it. I, I hadn't seen it before. I watched it as a girl, as a grown. Grown man, and I was like, I liked it. That was pretty Luke, fun. Luke, I can't believe you're picking a fight this early in the episode <laughs> with a kung fu movie, which seems on point. So, <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. yeah do good. you, Adam? Do you remember like the advertising? Like, oh when yeah, it came out. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I remember, like the commercials looked really funny. I remember the guy like laughing and then getting slapped was the big preview. Oh, That's the one I remember too. Him doing that. And then he's like, like I was like, ah, that looks funny. And I just like never ended up going out to see it. But I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it like it just was always in like the cultural like osmosis. Like I knew what it was about, and then in high school, a few friends would like put it on at like parties, and I'd be like, "Oh, this looks really good." And then like because of that, I just had always assumed I'd seen it. Because I like remember the <laughs> axe guy who looks like he's like modeled off of Quentin Tarantino in interviews. Like, just yeah. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just I I hadn't, and I watched it like a couple weeks ago now, and I I was like blown away at how good it is and, i mean the set design is insane it's it shouldn't look that good yeah. for a comedy they could easily just skate on just being ridiculous just being a roger rabbit kind of almost like a uh, live action boxy still still up there in my brain yeah, yeah. Leaving. um i don't want to say this for the set design and the specifically the, like the cgi like, going back and watching this and knowing this was, like, a 2004 movie from China, even though they have a pretty good budget for other studios, it looked it looked good still. I wouldn't say oh, yeah. great, but it was, like, it, it won't well, age terribly. I, I don't know about that, because I also kind of, I was thinking while watching this last night, like, when they do the intense CGI, where, like, they start looking like Spider-Man 1 rubber people. Yeah. Is that a joke? I think it is a joke. That's yeah. my... Is, 
my take on it, like I think there'd be like a, American movies. American movies probably started getting big in China around like the two thousands, and I think it's supposed to be a joke because there's some some scenes when they're doing like legitimate like stunt work, and you can tell it. Yeah, and then the other scenes where they're just doing this really off the wall intense CGI, and I feel like it's supposed to be like a parody of like an American movie. Yeah, the, I think the most interesting thing is how they intersplice it so well of, like, they'll have very silly CGI that actually goes into, like, stunt wire work after they have, like, the character landing yeah. or whatever they're doing. So I thought that's what kind of makes it grounded and still not too bad for all of it. Well, the thing I kept thinking during this movie, is this a parody of kung fu movies or is this a silly kung fu movie? Yes. I think this is a silly kung fu movie. Yes. I think it's, like, a loving, like... Like, it starts as, like, a loving, like, parody of, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, like, all these guys have silly, like, things. Wouldn't it be funny if a guy has string, like, a string instrument and can mm-hmm. send knives to people? But then in the end, well, That's not like, even a joke. That's, like, something a kung fu movie would do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the end is, like, actually, like, I mean, the music's really beautiful. The ending is kind of poignant in the end. Like, well, I uh, really, I do great. prefer this as a kung fu movie rather than a comedy. Yeah. But I don't think a comedy has to just be... A punchline. I think yeah. a comedy can be this like why a great movie. I love movie. this movie because it creates this discussion. Yeah, like yeah. Sideways is a comedy, but it's like a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. This this movie has a heart, which yeah. a lot of yeah. movies can't say that. Um, and yeah, and Bill Murray's kind of right about that. A lot of American comedies have a problem of like they can't decide if they, you know, if they can be funny and and have a heart at all. And yeah. usually they can. Like he's he's being a little like they're just usually not big studio ones. But I digress. Yeah. yeah. It's, like I think before it's, Judd Apatow. Yeah. <laughs> or before Judd Apatow's marketing team. Yeah. I think Bill yeah. Murray's just thinking of the last movie that released that was marketed as a comedy, which was the Three Stooges remake, and nobody liked it. Yeah. Was that really? That's, yeah, that's really. the last one I can think of. That yeah. Was like just marketed as, as a straight comedy. Yeah, now American movies, it feels like everything is kind of like... It's like, you'll have a good movie, but it's like not really marketed as a comedy, it's just marketed as an experience. They don't really, they don't really make comedies anymore, but I think it is because like they'll make like a serious movie that's funny. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of it. I also do think it's marketing. Like I do think that by all intents and purposes, I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is a comedy. It's yeah. just a really good movie that is also like... That, uh, that was another movie I felt like I had a very similar experience to Kung Fu Hustle, where I'm like, this was like, this is like a whole ass movie. Like, not just like yeah. a great kung fu movie or action movie but also really great comedy yeah and, like the drama is, is really serious that movie both had me laughing crying all the motions i smelled some things <laughs> it's a guy like, i love that film i would i would have almost considered picking that too if it wasn't so recent um, oh absolutely yeah i don't know I, I think that'd be a little bit less fun of a podcast we'd just be sitting there just going ah. yeah. <laughs> like two hours trying to figure out how to actually man that would be a hard movie to go over the summary and plot of be like, be like yeah. Chris Farley talking about movies remember that scene when like she beat up all those people that's <sighs> cool that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, shout, shout out to the, the OG man I, I miss that guy yeah. resting in heaven one of the few comedians to actually make it up there that's right. um, resting in heaven partying in hell Let's go. <laughs> That's hot. Let's. Oh man, add a cool sound effect to that. Yes, I will. <laughs> I, yeah, if I'm editing this, I think I'll have some downtime once that baby comes out in two weeks. Um, I also want to say this movie kind of felt like what I was talking about earlier about is it a comedy or a silly kung fu movie? It's almost like there are two movies. Really, there's Singh and his buddy and his quest, his eventually being the hero. Which I think that's the parody. 
And then the silly kung fu movie as, like, landlord and landlady in the village. Yeah. I would say... Yeah. I see that. And they, they actually, they have, like, a bit of a slightly mm. serious story that they get into a little bit, but not that much. But they're they're definitely there more for comedy, but also the kung fu scenes with them are really fantastic. I also like, realize we haven't yeah. started talking about the plot, actually. Yeah, like the plot the is at the very movie. end. Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil it or anything, but, like, at the very end, like, it's like... Am I interpreting it wrong or right? Are they, like, basically, like, kind of... It was all kind of a fantasy of the kids at the candy store, basically? I guess you can interpret it that way, maybe, even. I yeah, could see that. Or, yeah. like, at least the magic that we saw in the movie is in their eyes at the end. So, like, whether or not they made it all up or they're just a part of the experience, like... That, I, I think you're, we're, we're just not used to that. Like, a funny, very funny movie ending with, like... Like, kind of heart, like, at the very end. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It really shocked you. Yeah, it's, uh... It, there's so many great parts, and I think the ending and everything it builds up to is really great. I mean, you could interpret mm-hmm. it in a few ways. But, uh, and also, I think to kick off, actually talking about the summary yeah. and the plot, it has one of my favorite beginnings to the film of just letting the tone right away. Yeah. And I think it goes through all these these kind of, like, different emotions we were talking about. Where it starts with them at a police station, and they're just kind of showing around, and then you see a guy thrown against one of the signs for the police station. <laughs> and at first, it's, like, slightly serious, um, where it's, like, him yelling at the cops because they arrested his girlfriend for uh, spitting on the sidewalk. Um, and he's part of the Crocodile Gang that's extorting the police. But then you find out that the Axe Gang's extorting them more, and they've come to kill him to basically take over the territory and some of it's done kind of as a silly joke at first, but then it's, like, them showing, like, the head of the Axe Gang, which is the main villain of the film, Brother Sum, like, just straight up being a maniacal evil monster. Yeah. Like, uh, his girlfriend's trying to get away, and he's like, I would never hurt a woman. As soon as she turns <laughs> around, he calls for a gun to come over and shoots her in the back, but, like, almost cartoonishly. Yeah, he, like, has him throw the shotgun to him, and then he just, like, spins around after he shoots her. Yeah. And then I noticed this... To your point of him being the choreographer to The Matrix, right? Yeah. When that cop first hits the wall, it looks almost exactly like Trinity kicking that cop oh, yeah. into the wall in the beginning of The Matrix. So, like, like, it shows you right out of the gate, we're not fucking around with the stunts. Yeah, the we're, stunts we're serious rock. about this. Yeah. I, I love the way this movie starts, and I love the way it continues. Uh, no, no murder seems like super, super hard. It's, yeah. it's, all, it's all fun, light murder. There's not a lot of blood. Yeah. No, no. The only one that bumped. Well, okay, it bumps me out later on. The the strings guy. That, that yeah, yeah. We, those are the few characters we got like, get attached to. Enjoy. There's <laughs> a few like genuinely yeah. like noble guys. I think one of the funny <laughs> things about this film is like how much. It's like there's not a lot of character work or story to it, but it feels so deep and well thought out at the same time. Because, like, they literally just do that beginning scene to show you Brother Sum, the head of the Axe Gang, is just this evil guy. Yeah. Uh, but he's also being wacky and dancing around, which I think is really funny. Well, that, that's like yeah. West Side Story. Yeah, it really sets the tone. More like Best Side Story. But it's also, I felt like that whole opening sequence was kind of like unnecessary. Yeah. I would have rather started off in like Pigsty Square or whatever they call Which, it. Which yeah, after they show what? this whole progression of basically the Axe King taking over all of the territory in, in Canton. Which them doing the, the, the choreographed dance, that was the first laugh yeah. they got out of me. So I really... understand that, but it's also themed like oh I always think of like, what if I were making this movie? It was like, okay, shit would be cut for brevity and for Getting this across. If, if I may, I do. I do believe uh, those scenes are set up that way. The the movie does a fucking amazing job of just like misdirecting you at every point, and it keeps yeah. it keeps catching you off guard there. 
And that, I believe, is why the movie starts out that way. Because it's supposed to be like, hey, these are these are wacky murders, but this is still a like serious crime thriller. And then it's like, oh, no, look, we got, we're following this fucking loser. Yeah, they go to literally a place that's called Pigsty Alley. And yeah. I love that the banner is just in, uh, you know, Cantonese says Pigsty Alley with a giant pig picture on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they basically show you the whole setup of the village and all the characters there. They have the one very obviously gay barber waiting for the water to turn back on as he yells at the landlady and she just runs down literally like a cartoon character. Oh, yeah. Which I think also sets the tone to yell at him and then talk about how like they're going to start partitioning the water and everyone should stop being so lazy and pay her some fucking money. Yeah. Um, they, really do, says, they do a great job making you hate landlords. Yeah. Yeah. They really do a good job of that. Well, I, I left more at, like, I know the landlady's, like, the breakout star of this movie, but the landlord made me laugh more. Like him, oh, just, he's like, getting free funny. shit from everybody. Yeah. Like, the, the, making that ugly girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if those were actual teeth or they had like just like what do you call them? Like, I prosthetics. I hope prosthetics. prosthetics. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think they were. But yeah, uh, the yeah. landlady was played by U and Q, uh, which I wanted to mention because she is a. Uh, she was like a star in some uh, martial art flicks in China in like the seventies. I knew she was like like a commodity. Yeah, yeah. but like she's jobs. both classically trained in opera and martial arts, and I think that's just so fucking cool. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. Oh my god. Um, which yeah. I think they—that's the reason they chose her for the role because all of her. It comes up later in the story, but all of her kung fu is like related to singing and voice, which is really cool. That's oh, that that adds such a good level to it. I actually did not know that. Yeah. And, but I thought that the landlord and landlady. I mean, they're such great comedic characters because they okay. they're like you initially you cannot stand them, but you like being around them to see what they'll do, and then yeah, later on you kind of like them. Yeah, they it's, they do a good job of it. Like, oh, yeah, I hated them, like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> they introduce you to, like, a few of the more key characters as the movie goes, which is, like, just the general busybody there that's carrying around a bunch of rice and really strong. Uh, they also show you the tailor whose name is just Taylor, which I really liked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the one, the yeah. one odd job guy's name's Cooley, uh, I wrote down. Uh, but the tailor also uh, is a, a very gay character, and I'm glad that they they make some jokes that are both respectable but kind of funny. Um, then the baker's donut. Yeah, baker's just named donut. Which I, donut. Which I, I do like. I didn't notice till my cool. second watch through that like they introduced those those are the three characters you see in the village. Yeah, right away. Yeah, I love that they the progression in the story. It's it's so quick. This is an hour and thirty nine minute movie, and it feels like it's longer in a good way. It feels like you get this whole intense, uh, vast experience you would with like a lot of these fucking three hour MCU movies, but it's all yeah. packed in so perfectly and tightly. Um, but yeah, they 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 show you all these characters, and then finally they get to the main character of the film pretty late in the game, but which is uh, Singh, who's played by Stephen Chow, who's the director and the writer of the movie too. Because uh, he's just a really talented dude. It's insane. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, he uh, He's really funny. I think he's really charismatic in this role of being just a piece of shit. Well, <laughs> he's, in, he's introduced, oh, yeah. like, he comes into Pig Alley with his friend, and they pretend to be important people in the Axe Gang to get yeah. a free haircut. Yes, that's basically it. And the... You think they should have wanted yeah. more, because I didn't even realize when they started, because of how the movie started... Yeah. That they were pretending to be in the Axe Gang. I thought they were in the Axe Gang. Yeah, they, they got fake tattoos. No, they, they did immediately try to go for more. Because he was like, hey, you're making my boss mad. Give me money and I will not. So he was like, just <laughs> enough for a drink. Yeah. Okay, he does say that. Yeah. But it's still like I did not pick up at first. Like, 
for the first little bit of the movie until like later on when they said like oh we were pretending yeah i thought that they were just like really low ranking members mm-hmm. trying to flex their shit oh, like in some town yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i i really oh my gosh it's, i really like that daffy duck is it, saying basically has like this very like yeah like a mischievous but he always very fails daffy duck in it. <laughs> yeah and rock yeah, and eventually he becomes the Bugs Bunny, which I think is, uh, we'll get to <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. What, a, what a character arc. Yeah, uh, Ash Williams? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Oh, I like that, yeah. His, uh, his friend Bone, who's the, the bigger fellow, he was also in uh, Shaolin Soccer too, is one of the lead roles, so it's fun to see him in this again. Nice. Uh, the actor's name's uh, Lam Chi Chung, but he's only really been in a lot of Chinese films because uh, he's Chinese and an actor over there, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised, this is actually something I would mention, I'm surprised that they never tried to get Stephen Chow over here to do, like, an American film with how big Kung Fu Hustle was in the box office, but that's probably a good thing, seeing how that usually goes, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. let him do his own thing. He's He's been doing fine over in China. Yeah, he's he's making beautiful work. Yeah. Which they are, they're supposedly working on a Kung Fu Hustle 2 now. Ooh! Which he will be what? writing and directing. It's always great, like, 20 years later. Yeah. When they release another... A sequel to a movie. In the interview, it, it's said, always quality. Yeah. His interview already said that he's like he's too old to play that role, so it's going to be like a new character. I'm like, okay, well that's at least probably a good idea for that. So oh, yeah, makes sense. He can't, he can't run like that anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that part. But I love I love how much happens in this film so quickly because they basically extort and threaten them, and then you know they they are like, okay, they're getting their shit beat out of them by everybody in the village. Yeah. Very funny scene where like. Basically, uh, he sings like pointing out to people. He's like, "Okay, well, I'm not gonna fight you all at once, but I want to show you how tough I am." So you and the, the you and the audience, and like he points to like one guy in glasses. He walks up and he's super muscular. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Okay, not you." And okay, then the little kid. Yeah, and then he the points little the kid. kid is muscular. Yeah, yeah. 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 it rips. It's yeah. such a good gag. It's kid so is stupid. <laughs> God, I love it so much. Not, not you. Yeah. Not, nobody can fight me in this town. <laughs> They're all yeah. too buff. I mean, all the jokes you could think of were like he points to guys like, "Hey, you shorty," and then he stands up and he's like seven feet tall. Yeah, yeah. and then he says so he's gonna great. signal for other X. Yeah, gang people. Even though he's not a member of the Axe Gang, so he likes a firecracker, and a group of Axe Gang people just happen to be walking by when he throws it over the yeah neighborhood yeah. F- fence or whatever, and it blows up their hat. And the dude's like, "Oh, who threw that firecracker?" Like, "Oh, I'm one of you guys. They did it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that's our inciting incident: the yeah. Axe Gang getting involved in. Pig Alley. It's it's where I, I love how the movie does swift or like go from like all these different gears so quickly of like yeah. this is when it gets more serious again. You can see like they're actually in danger. He threatens the one barber of like, hey, say that again. It shows him like pointing down an axe and like there's an honest look of fear in his face. Yeah, I, I did laugh at like the uh, the text bit where like in the poor areas that's the only place you can be actually free. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought that's kind of like. It's like, a, it's cynical and not true, but also kind of true at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they, they get ready to basically kind of threaten them if they don't stop what they're doing. And uh, the villagers, like, you know, basically tell them who did it. And so finally they get to the point where they're about to start beating the shit out of somebody. Um, and then all of a sudden... They're about to set them, set set them, them on, on fire. fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is really intense. Uh, That's the part where it feels like... Like I said, I enjoy this more as like a legit kung fu movie yeah. than I do as like a kung yeah. fu comedy. It is like it is like at this point a constant escalate or escalation because before that happens, the one guy who's threatening them, he gets punched by a mysterious force that nobody sees. 
Um, it breaks his back. Breaks his back. He lands yeah. on a fucking barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. And he happens to know that his back is broken. Somehow, yeah. <laughs> like, don't touch me. My back's broken. Yeah. <laughs> so to the point where brother Sum shows up, and then you know is demanding answer or answers for it. So he threatens to set on a mother and child on fire. And right before it does, we have Cooley show up, and then basically it flips gears of like, oh, actually Cooley is a uh, uh, a kung fu master, and then beats the shit out of everyone. Basically, a bunch of the other uh, Axe Gang members like go into one of the, the other shops to start causing hell. That's when we find out that also uh, the tailor is a Kung Fu Master, and then finally yeah. Donut is The well. Kung Fu Master of the Ten Rings. The Ten which Rings. I think must be an actual thing from, like, if not really a thing, yeah. something from movies, because, like... Yeah. They're, the they're all... Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yeah. 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 I have to look it up again, but they're all based off, like, uh, very famous Chinese pulp novels, which I thought was really fun. That's, That's another so cool thing sick. I learned that, like... That pulp novels in China were about kung fu and not detectives. And that, <laughs> that fucking kicks America. ass so much. Yeah, that's so much cooler. Yeah, we I'm gonna, both I'm, kung fu detective. Let's go. I'm pulling it up right now on my phone, but there's a specific pulp novelist that they based all of it off for this film, which I thought was really cool. Liu Chen or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I didn't write it down because like we probably won't talk about it, but sure enough, <laughs> here we are. Dude, I liked Cooley. He was the MVP. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he he got done dirty. We'll get to that soon. Yeah. I, I liked awesome. the the baker. Donut. Yeah. I liked Didn't him. Didn't he get like, the staff or whatever? Yeah, he was yeah, on yeah. the staff, which is why the, the, scene, the first scene you see him, one of the best shots of the movie, because it's just really cool. It's kind of like a, like I guess, probably a wine angle lens or something. Yeah. It's like the end of one of the staffs he's using to like roll dough. Oh, yeah. And, but it's also right. like it's like focused on him, but it's also focused on the very end of the pole. It's like yeah. three feet. God, well, like if that had been cool. like 3D, that would have oh, yeah. looked interesting. <laughs> yeah. Man, I want to watch more movies with oh, guys with bow staffs. Okay, so yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, most of the names of the superpowers in the film are taken from the pulp novels of uh, Louis Cha, who's a household name in Hong Kong. So oh, basically, he wrote a bunch of pulp novels about kung fu and detectives. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, they. They basically they get their ass all royally beat by the three kung fu masters to the point where either uh, brother Sum even has to kind of get out of there quickly. Um, He's pissed, of course, so there's this whole escalation of they basically take uh, Sing and Bone back, and they're pissed at him for causing the incident, so they they go to kill him with axes. He lockpicks it so quick that he can get both of his friend out. and then Set up? Him. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Set up's a better way to put it. Uh, but Brother Sum's, like, really impressed by his skills of just wanting to do anything to get his way, not for good reasons. So it's like, oh, we could use him for something. I did like they had the scene where, like, he's like, oh, I'm not going to kill you. You can go. And then he has snaps at his henchmen and he just hands him a cigarette rather yeah. than a gun like you think he's gonna kill him but yeah. like, a worthless a, a rat like that is always gonna be useful yeah which I do like that yeah yeah his, yeah, his character is really well done, and I think it's a reflection of the whole movie of where he's both menacing but also very silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I love he's so He's very much. compelling. Like, yeah. He's a very fun bad guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love him. Just a real good piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, the, the story keeps going at a really fun pace of... Um, after this, we see back at the village that the landlady and the landlord is like, okay, we got to kick you out because if we have Kung Fu Masters here, it's going to attract all of the wrong attention. So they, they're getting ready to pack up for the night and leave. But before that, Singh's like, I know how I'll get into this, this axe gang. I'm going to kill the landlady. Um, which is, I think, one of the funniest scenes in maybe all film history. <laughs> That's the mo- the closest it's, I think they came to being like a comedy yeah. comedy. It's I, the, that scene where he's stabbing him. <laughs> I watched this film so many times, and this whole this whole like outline of this whole scene makes me laugh every time I'm watching, even though I know what's coming exactly. <laughs> which is a, it's a series of him like trying to kill her by doing all the stupidest things, where she's walking by. 
So he, like, grabs a knife to throw at her, but, like, launches it too far back where it goes into his own back. So then <laughs> he gives it to his friend to throw it. His friend puts it in him by accident. And then he, his friend pulls it out. I was like, no, 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 give it to me. And then he puts it back inside of him again. So by, by the end of the scene, he has, like, three knives in him. Oh, yeah. And then so finally he's like, okay, I'll do something else to do this. And then he, he's, he's trying to, like, get a distraction then walks into a crate of snakes. And oh, his, his friend is going to throw him, and then he, like, dumps him on him. Yeah, he dumps him on him by accident. And I also do love uh, that that knife that he stabbed into his friend is because he whined back and he perfectly hit the landlady in the face with the handle. With the handle, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it flew off. Who's throwing handles? <laughs> yeah. She says that, and then another really funny dialogue is that his friend tells like, oh, I know actually how to calm snakes. You just have to whistle and sing to them. He's like, okay, I'm not going to do that. He's like, well, what other option do you have? He's like, okay. And the, the second he goes to whistle, I don't think even a note goes out. Both of the snakes bite him in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, he should be dead, but we'll get into that. Um, well, it does lead to what I think is the worst scene in the movie. Really? Where, like, he's hiding in, like, that little, like, I don't know what it is, some Chinese thing, like... It's, it's like a pirate nest on a, on a street. Like a, a pole where, like, they have, like, traffic lights attached to, but for some yeah. reason there's, like, there is, like, a, like, a crow's nest yeah. on it as well. And, like, he's got, like, these giant CGI lips... Yeah. And he punches a bunch of, like, his fists, fist shapes, cartoon fist shapes, into the sides of the metal thing. And, like, like foreshadowing. <clears throat> yeah. That he can punch through the. And then I thought about that, too, but that's still stupid. Yeah. And I know that I think there's a lot of the, a lot of the things I think I don't like about this movie is just, like, cross-cultural, and, like, things that are funny in China aren't going to be funny in America. Well, Listen, I, putting a bunch of knives in the guy, that's funny anywhere. That's yeah, funny I thought that, I thought was... anywhere on planet Earth. Yeah. But funny. I just you like show me a guy full of knives and I'm going to laugh. It's like, it's like it's something you don't even register. You're like, oh, he's made a bunch of fist and footholds in that metal. Like, haha, it's been a cartoon movie so far. But then you're like, wait a minute, I haven't seen everybody do that. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, he is a coming. Like, in the end, you should see it and everybody's like, how did he do this? And you're like, Oh, it gets you pretty good. I guess it, I just think it's an unnecessary scene. Like, the joke is that, like, oh, he's the one, so you don't really need him to be... I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I, I didn't like it. I think the joke was the big lips, and I think that's all you needed. I yeah. I agree. I think the whole reason they did that scene is because they realized they could do really nasty, big CGI lips. Yeah, <laughs> which they did a great job on. Oh, yeah. I mean, those... The, the sound effect and the folio work, too? I, I gotta call back to Jonathan Shannon. I know he had a childhood friend who, uh... Referred to boobs as uh, sloppers, which is yeah. my Whoa. favorite euphemism. Although I want to use it for the CGI lips. They were that's sloppers. A, that's a big pair of sloppers that's, right there. Those are sloppers. Yeah, that's been our favorite segment. Those are sloppers. Oh, we should do a Moth Pulls Drag Race for this. Moth Pulls Drag Race. Because oh, I think yeah. the fashion in this film is so good and mm-hmm. fun because it goes through all these different stages. First off, it's supposed to be like 1920s, 30s China, I think. Maybe like 40s that. or 50s. I, I don't know. I think it's supposed to be like a nebulous time. A nebulous kind, time. Kind of like I, yeah, I, kinda, I thought it was supposed to be just modern day. Yeah, it could <laughs> be too. I mean, that's the thing about the movie. But like the Very outfits are really that. fun because like you have both the X King has all these nice suits with these ridiculous top hats. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the transition too of the character goes from like these kind of darker black outfits and the end of it he's in this really cool white Shaolin robe. Yeah. Which, oh god, it looks so dope. Um, all the but for sure the reason we need to do a Mothra Paul's drag race is for the landlady and the landlord. 
whole film just killing it. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. absolutely. Dimes. Yeah, I mean, you have the classic thing with the landlady where she has the hair rollers and like the the yeah. nightgown that she's just wearing as an everyday outfit. But like later on, uh, when they show up in uh, this whole casino area, she's like, yeah, after up the like beast a, is introduced, I like that the outfits they're wearing those canary shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dressed up like basically like a, almost like a '60s go-go dancer with a little scarf coming out and like mm. the tight spandex pants. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh man, I want to look at a picture of them. Yeah, it's place. so good. <laughs> and then the landlord is like dressed basically like just a, a very kind of like. I guess I would almost say like a fan, a fancy dandy from the fifties. Well, they're matching. Yeah, they're yeah, matching same. very well. I, I, I thought he kind of looked like he looked like a secondary racer from Speed Racer. Oh, that's a good way to put it. I finally watched that recently. Loved it. Hell yeah! Which house? The movie Starship or kills the... it again, man. Oh. So good. What's up? The movie or the cartoon? The movie. I was yeah. going through Wachowski's speed run. <laughs> that is that is a that is undeniable gym people have slept on for too many years. It's it, so sick. It's, I mean John Goodman looking like an actual cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Just love like the, the one like race announcer and like guy who's pulling the strings is like, I don't want to deal with these racer trash and just like <laughs> Racer Trash so, like, oh, Looked like a sixties cartoon, but like oh, so it, it's in a very similar vein, I'd say, to Kung Fu Hustle of like oh, we're yeah. gonna try to do certain parts serious, but all the rest of it's cartoon. Yeah, but like it really is all like love. Like yeah. like a, a lot of like modern parodies like especially in America, like the like the all this scary movie and all those spinoffs seem to be more like shitting on the movie they're making yeah. fun of. Yeah. Movie like but, twenty-five years old. To be this, fair, well, okay. I mean, like all the like disaster movie, epic movie, all the like comedy. Yeah, they're still you know, like twenty-five years old. Like they like. There's something like I, I saw some like. There's something like uh, someone was making like a parody movie. Like, oh, how can you make a good movie uh, of something that you like don't respect? Like, no, you need to respect the material in yeah. order to make a good parody of, Absolutely. of it. No, uh, no, you need to you need to parody modern commercials that no one's going to remember in five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and once again... Or like, yeah, those Stelterberg movies, all they do is, like, they're not parodies, they're just reference machines. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like, and this is, once again, going back to the film I almost chose if it was more time to sit, which was uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yeah. That's another one where they do, like, a lot of parody of so many things, but it's all sincere love. Like, they even have a... One of the funniest Ratatouille references, but at the same part, they try to make it a very heartwarming scene, too, which is... Oh, God, I love that film. Anyways, getting back to this, and we're, we're out of Moth RuPaul's Drag Race, because this <laughs> film's got some fucking good duds in it. Um, we're, the movie, once again, I love that it's such a good breakneck speed for the, the pacing. I'd say, other than, like you said, the beginning could be thrown away. It feels like everything slots in so perfectly for how the movie keeps going, of... Basically, Singh has fucked up the assassination, but it had nothing to do with Brother Sum wanting to get rid of them. The whole time this was going on, he decides to hire these like two best assassins in the area called the Harpist. They're these two Harpists that work together. Um, and you're, you're thinking, well, if they're the Harpist, they're probably going to kill him with a really cool instrument. You're and, very, one you're very, and one of them's blind. And one of them's blind. And all these all these assumptions are correct. It, oh, yeah. God. I mean, it's like a blind kung fu master. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Oh that's, yeah, that's a classic. And it starts like, out pretty spooky. It does start out very spooky. Where like it, they go there at night before the three kung fu masters are gonna leave because the landlady's kicked them out. And it's like I said, they kind of do one of our favorite characters dirty. They're all talking about how they wish they could have known each other longer to train together. And they have oh, really... that scene when they're like, "Oh, we should spar." Like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, and then they do it anyway. Yeah, like, like, so that, that's cool. awesome. Which yeah. is why I'm so sad what happens to them. Yeah, because literally know. after the scene, they're they're getting ready to all pack up. And as cool, he's walking off uh, in a very cool scene. 
they have like all these background shadows of these things showing like they're getting cut by the harpist as he's playing the instrument. Yeah. And he's not really sure what's going on, but he's like something's weird. And the second he turns around and realizes something's up, he gets his head chopped. I off. did hate that they killed the cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you didn't see it, you just saw the shadow of it. But I was like, when I saw the cat, I was like, no, oh, no, don't kill the cat. Yeah, the most, oh. most, I think the most blood used in the film is to see that cat's blood splatter. Yeah, it does. Whoa. You do see the blood blood splat. Blood spatter. Yeah. But I, once again, the pacing and the, the direction of this film I really like because they have a very similar thing of, like, these characters can be silly and kind of, like, doing their own thing, but then specifically they're like, well, these two assassin characters, they're just evil. Like, we want you to know this right away, and it's a really good way of setting that tone. Um, they kill him off, and then basically the other one goes into the shop to talk to the tailor and then tries to kill him. Um, the tailor and the donut realize are what up, so they, they try fighting him the best they can. They just, they get their ass beats. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Um, the land But it is like, it's a draw, it's a fight scene. Yeah. They don't just immediately get killed. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. they put up a valiant fight and they get close to winning a couple yeah. of times. The fight's very cool. Uh, yeah. Fight, it was like, it was rules. also like, like, yeah, they, awesome. the assassins win and they kill all of the... Three kung fu master we, we've well, they, seen at this point. They killed the tailor before uh, landlady intervenes. Yeah, that's when we find out what we've kind of suspected the whole film of the landlady screaming for them to be quiet, and then finally she realizes what's going on. And instead of her like being a cartoony character running around, she shows up like ready to beat some ass, and she beats some ass. Let me yeah. say that. Um, before that happens, though, also the landlord jumps down. Yeah. And he like tries to escort them off, and he thinks it's just him being silly. But then in a really cool, like, term of events, too, they go to punch him, and then it's just him dodging the whole time. And it's like this whole, like, minute of them yeah, just beating each other. Well, it's almost like, like, it looks he, like he flexes his yeah. muscles to where, like, someone will, like, punch him in the peck. Mm-hmm. He, like, flexes, and then their hand will yeah. go into the yeah. other guy. He has them beat each other up. It's, it's the perfect misdirection from earlier, because he is constantly being beaten by his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and it's... It, it makes it... I mean, special abuse. Not funny. Very funny in this movie. Very yeah, funny. They, I will say, I, I expected the, uh, <laughs> the landlady to be, like, a kung fu master, but I did not expect the landlord yeah. to be a kung fu master. Um, yeah, yeah, they they instantly so pretty much beat the shit out of the assassins. They run off uh, afraid for their lives. Um, but in another very funny scene from this film is the brother Sum's been watching the whole time with like his oh, right that's hand. that's right. <laughs> and like they, they literally just show up in the car next to him and he looks so frightened and it's just the landlady doing like a pantomime of like, you leave here, waving her finger Which that's from forth. a Bruce Lee movie. Yes. Her doing the whole like, yeah. where she like oh, just literally sick. just like, like points to herself and then makes a fist yeah. and then points to him and then like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's like... Get out of here or I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And they, I love that one of the funniest, I think, like comedic physical bits is that Brother Sum and his right hand man are trying to like act calm after they leave. And he's just jostling his lighter around so hard that he sets himself on fire by accident. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. They, <laughs> and, um, it's really, awesome. it's, that, that gag's a little bit too long. I think it's just the right length <laughs> yeah. because they try to put it out. He tries to like bring up his jacket to it. And then he sees a flask. And then he tries to put it out the flask. It makes the fire worse. <laughs> and then he's just... They're driving away, and there's smoke building up at the back of the car, and it's so fucking funny. Also, sorry, I, I gotta bring it up because I love that bit so much. Yeah. Uh, d- the whole time while Brother Sung and his right-hand man are watching the fight, he's constantly, like, punching his right-hand man to be like, Stop Get out of my way! Watch. Get out of yeah. my way! <laughs> that was funny, Because yeah. they're watching from the car the whole time. Yeah. It's, it's so sick. He, he hits him, like, five times, and it's never not funny. Yeah, man. So many good physical bits in this. Uh, at this point, though, uh, of course, of course, brother, someone wants to kill him. So he 
Finally tells Singh, like, okay, I have one last job for you. I'm really pissed. I need you to do this. We need you to break out this top world assassin. And I love this line, I think, is verbatim. is like, he went insane from studying martial arts too hard. Like, <laughs> That's so cool. that line. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it's like, I think it's like that or he went mad from studying martial arts. But uh, I remember the name of the asylum was like... Uh, Asylum for Human Irregularities or something, yeah, yeah. something silly like that. Like, yeah. yeah, like, and then then it becomes Aladdin for a second. It does become Aladdin for a second. <laughs> Where it's him going through this prison trying to break him out. He turns around the corner and they literally do an, uh, the the shining elevator blood scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, yeah. point, no point other but, than to be a reference. But also, it's so they great. did it really well. I think my in headcanon, I think they had more jokes to make about that and other references they were going to do in there. But they pulled all of them out except for that scene because they executed it so well. Oh, yeah. it, it looks like it looks yeah. in the movie. It's a miniature, I think. Yeah, it's so out of yeah. left field. Like, yeah. what? That's, that's the thing. I it's feel like so you, don't, you don't need to know the reference to enjoy that. And I feel like that's why they definitely kept that in. But it, it is yeah. like, gravity is the soul of wit, which means don't waste my fucking time. Yeah. Like, don't put something in there that also, doesn't have a point. I forgot to... I almost left out one of the funniest things about this film is before this... Singh has gone back to him and decided to reject all of his friends because he's so tired of being a punching bag. After he robs basically this girl that he grew up with that he was trying to impress with Kung Fu as a kid. But he was sold a faulty manual from like basically the street urchin. Um, where he's like, okay, I'll defend you. And then he goes to beat up these bullies and gets the shit beat out of him right away as a kid. And pissed on. And pissed on. <laughs> but my favorite thing is, they show that scene, it's very funny. Uh, it's just a bunch of, a bunch of schoolboys pissing on him. And then... They show it where he finds this mute girl later on in life, and she's a vendor, like, just selling ice cream. And he decides to rob her. And then he remembers what happens, and it's just him remembering the scene where he's getting pissed on the guy. <laughs> I love that they played it twice in the film. Um, but oh, yeah. Wait, sorry, before we continue on this, we, we also skipped the post-fight scene where the landlady and the landlord are talking to the people of the, uh, of the community. Yeah. Uh, well, at this point, both the, both the tailor and uh, Cooley have, have passed... Um, donut's still hanging on there, and they are explaining their background of why they didn't exp- like tell everyone why they are kung fu masters and why they just want to live as regular people. They they lost their son at a young yeah. age, and they realized that revenge is not the course. Yeah, which uh, once again very uh, very like well done scene with all the silly comedy. I feel like it, this movie does do drama for the very few scenes it has in it, as well as it does the comedy. It's just it shows really the fun range of Stephen Chow for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we basically went through all these scenes to get it where he's doing the prison break. Um, once again, very m- more great comedy coming where he gets to the the prison door. He uses that lock picking uh, that he masterfully has for his skills. He gets the door open, and it's just like I want to say the most schlubby guy you can ever imagine. <laughs> like literally, just kind of like he looks like uh, just like a, a middle aged dad, just in a tank top and boxers and like two house slippers. Just sitting there looking really bored. And the joke is, you think it's he's got the wrong person. And he's like, hey, I guess you must be the right person. I'm going to take you back to Brother Sum. And they, they plan it for a while. Where it's like him talking to Brother Sum, the one weird looking dad. Um, and he's just like, yeah, no, I could kill anybody. Just give me a name, I'll do it, who cares. And Brother Sum's like, okay, this is a joke, you've wasted my time. And then finally it builds up like where you realize, okay, there is something up with this guy. And at one point, he's getting so bored that he tells him, like, okay, punch me. And then, like, one of the, the one of the cronies punches him, like, repeatedly, not really reacting to it. And then finally, he pulls a gun on him. 
he pulls the gun from him and then aims at his head and shoots it and catches the bullet. And I'm just like, oh, this is the best movie ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I almost feel like it's not even a joke because the trope of like, oh, the greatest assassin ever, looking like something you wouldn't expect predates this movie. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I would say that. Because it made me think of El Topo, like, uh, like have you guys seen that movie? Yeah. Or, like, like, the greatest assassin of all time is just some dude in, like, a diaper living <laughs> in the middle of the desert, and that movie's from, like, the late 70s. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. It's, it is very similar to that. Uh, but basically, he's just, he explains his whole case as, like, I, get, I just got so bored that I, I, or so good at Kung Fu, I'm bored all the time. The yeah. piece is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. And again, because, like, it's a Kung Fu movie, like, that's the sort of thing that yeah. would be in a movie like that. So, yeah, he just says, basically, like, I just want to have a worthy opponent, and then it'll be worth my time. Yeah. Um, so, as this is all happening, I like that, once again, this movie just goes at a breakneck, or a breakneck like, pace at this point. Where it's, uh, it's it was just, smart to where like you don't have to get him to Pig Alley yeah. because they were already there to take care to kill the Hatchet Gang. Yeah, with so many great throwaway lines of like, oh, we could just sense the aura of a master here, so that's why we're here. <laughs> um, but yeah, they recognize that it's the Beast right away, and they know like, oh, okay, this is one of the best assassins in the world and one of the best Kung Fu masters. This is going to be bad, but we're going to try to fight him. They showed up earlier too with a funeral bell for Brother Sum. Which I thought was a really funny gag at first. <laughs> but as the fight goes, they realize that they could use their abilities together where she could do that whole, like, lion's roar, as they call it. Where they get to the bell. They... Now she has Black Canary superpower. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. But yeah, she basically, they get to the bell and they have this whole fight around it where they keep trying to hit the top of the bell. And you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then eventually she slices it off and then uses a giant megaphone against him. Yeah, when they were when she realizes that they're losing, yeah, so yeah. they're like, "I gotta come with something new," and, and just yeah, it almost takes him out. It's kind of it's yeah. it's a close yeah. fight after that, but yeah, and that's they, one of the this is one of the parts of the movie where I think that the earlier CGI was a joke, yeah, because with the exception of when they were kicking uh, the beast in the face and like his face goes all rubber. There's CGI in these scenes, but it's way more subtle. Yeah. yeah. They mm. they do it right, where it's it's supposed to accentuate existing scenes and like just play up the action just enough. Yeah. And using it sparingly, so your eye doesn't get adjusted to it right away. Yeah, and there's a lot where you can tell where, like, okay, yeah, that is an actual person. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, to the choreography of all of this, the, the, the fight seems really cool because, like, I like that, once again, the, the beast does look like a middle-aged, just dad that's given up everything but his fighting style almost reflects that where like everything he does is like so quick but lazy at the same time but you can yeah. just see he's like supposed to be like the world's best master like it's this whole scene where they're fighting and he's just like punching them as quick as he can because he doesn't want to deal with them and it's just it's really fun to watch yeah and then he gets cleaned up in the end and he like i, I remember going like that looks like a movie villain okay yeah, yeah. like he actually looks pretty fucking badass yeah it's yeah, there's so many great parts of it but like they they get to the point where they've beaten him and he decides to surrender, but he's an asshole. So he pulls out basically these like two assassin like flowers, I want to say. They shoot out the needle. They both catch it in time, but then it's like this thing where they also have daggers inside, so he stabs both of them. And then uh, they get into this kind of tussle where they're they're at a they're basically grappled all three against each other. Yeah, they're in grappler school after they use the bell as a megaphone. Yeah, and then he concedes, and then he tries to kill them, and then like they're just stuck in a. We're stuck in a big old human pretzel. Yeah, yeah. big old human pretzel. And this is like the turning point of the film, too, for the main character, of where 
Brother Sum's telling Singh that he needs to kill them right now and gives him like a wooden piece to hit him with. He's getting pissed off, so he actually hits Brother Sum with it before he does it. And you think he's going to go hit the landlord, but he, he hits uh, the beast because he has a change of heart. Um, I mean, I think yeah. if you know anything about movies, you knew yeah, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, that pisses off the beast where he basically releases himself from the whole kind of like pretzel they're in and just punches the shit out of, I think, just like, once again, going to comical CGI, <laughs> where he punches Singh so hard, like, all over the, like, his body, he just becomes, like, rubbery at a point. Yeah, yeah well, he just punches his head into the ground. Yeah, so, it's like, literally his head would, crazy. would be yeah. ketchup yeah. at that yeah. point. Yeah. But he survives. Yeah. Oh, and it's, oh, it's so fucking good. After he punches his head into the ground, like, three or four times... <laughs> He's still like very weakly raising his hand, then he just hits him right in the face. Yeah, he's got like a little piece of wood and just taps him, just to be like "fuck you." Yeah, it's like it is the perfect "fuck you." Um, But yeah, they they basically this whole scene he gets distracted because then uh, the head of the axe gang is yelling at him to do his job, and then he's at this point the beast is just pissed, so he kills him in like one slap, where his his whole head turns around like a cartoon. Yeah, Yeah. it's It's like a false antagonist, kind of like Coolie was the false protagonist. Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's out of the picture. Basically, the beast just takes over the axe gang at this point, yeah. and then uh, the the landlady and the landlord have run off with the main character. The whole time they're saying like, "Oh, he should be dead," but something seems off. So they they use ancient Chinese medicine and wrap him up like a little cocoon. Yeah. And I love that the the once again the exposition in this movie is so lightning fast, and I love that about it. Yeah. Where they're like, "Oh, you know what? Actually, I think his chi's been aligned because he's been hit so hard." <laughs> And yeah. they just go with it, which I love. Is like, okay, well, if that's oh, that true, sort of shit, like that's the parody. Yeah, because they just—it's yeah. like a few lines of dialogue. Well, they're like, well, if that's true, then he must be actually a hidden kung fu master. Yeah, they just do away with any subtext. So like, he's in a cocoon. He's going to come out as a butterfly. Well, they yeah, said they go. said, and then you see the <laughs> butterfly actually come out of the cocoon. Yeah, but they'd also said earlier, like, oh, kung fu learning kung fu takes time, unless you're just a, a super math. A yeah. naturally gifted master. Yeah, and then they oh, show the punched out uh, yeah. stoplight. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once again, that foreshadow in this movie—it's like it is really fun. Of like, I like how they did set it up. It pays off. Yeah, I think it's worth. I feel it. like you don't need that though because he's already the main character. Yeah, I if I were like twelve or something, like whatever. Like, I feel like this was probably meant for like kids my age, oh, probably yeah. when I was when it came out and. I, I think I was like ten or eleven when it came out, so I probably would have liked like that little like payoff at the end. Like, oh, I think it's like, yeah. it also Whoa. might be part of like <laughs> like how the movie looked when you saw it in a movie theater yeah. in two thousand four, rather than watching it on a four K television. Think about it. it takes a while to get to the main character and to oh, figure yeah. out what's going on. Yeah. And if I was like eleven or twelve and watching it, I'd be like, well, what? Okay, which which guy is it now? Yeah, yeah. like I, I really hated any time like there was like heavy CGI and like I do believe it was a joke. A lot of time, but I still just kind of like this looks fucking gross. Yeah, I gotta tell you, don't ever see the show Reboot, man. <laughs> oh, no, it's all CGI. Reboot. At least it's all that. Yes. I, can, I can live with a reboot. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you watched the last season of that show. That last season's very hard to find. Don't don't watch the reboot of Reboot. They made it live action. They what? Is that true? Yeah, they made a what reboot of Reboot. Yeah, what? Why? They made a live action reboot. A reboot, reboot, reboot? Mm-hmm. Reboot. Now the they... worst Abbott and Costello ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> they made a live action reboot? Of what? Exactly. <laughs> Based off the original uh, show, Boots. Uh, okay, I'll stop. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Dust they, Boot? Yeah. Oh, that's where it's from. There it is. I, uh, I feel like, it, the, once again, the movie's going very quick at this point. He emerges as a, a, a kung fu master. 
They have a very cool fight between him and the Beast. I like that the Beast isn't a pushover. At first, he's getting his ass, like, just punched around. But then he starts doing Toad style, which is literally him just going to the ground. Yeah. And then making his, like, basically his neck bulge out like a toad. And then just, oh, like, yeah. ramming as fast as he can. I I, I don't want to, like, I, I know this is... I got really, really stoned right before that happened. Oh, yeah. And then that, that definitely, like, shook me away. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Let's go, fuck! Okay, let's go! <laughs> this is some good stuff. Um, I gotta make that joke. Um, yeah, right as the fight's, like, starting to turn, you think that the beast might have an upper hand. He gets punched up in the air, but keeps going up in the air. <laughs> so the main character's, like, literally flying through the clouds. Sees a hawk, jumps on type of a, uh, on top of a hawk. That's the yeah. biggest laugh it got. Yeah. Yeah. That, part so so weird. Weird. that part, him jumping off of a hawk. I think it's it's and like, then the hawk go, ah! yeah. it's, it's that, that hawk movie. style or something. <laughs> it, doesn't the landlady say it right as he's on the hawk? Like he's doing a hawk style. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love it so much because it's it's that perfect moment where you feel like you are in sync with the director. Because yeah. you see that happening where he's going by the hawks, be like, oh, it'd be so fucking funny if he just jumped off one of those hawks, and then he jumps off one of the hawks. I like, think it was funny because me. I didn't think about it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. see, I thought it was funny because it reminded me of Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, basically, he does this to come back down at, at the Earth at comet speed, and the Latin lady says, like, oh, he's going to do the palm style that's uh, basically the comet palm style. And you think it's going to be like him coming down to do, like, this, like, meteorite, like, punch with his palm. But instead, it's a giant impression on the earth where the beast is, where there's just a giant hand in the ground. And it's yeah. at this point where, like, the movie's just lost all logic, but it's so great. It's just so good. Well, because he does it on the ground, and then he's able to do it, like, just, just next push to it. Because yeah. <laughs> basically, at this point, when he comes down and does that, the beast realizes, like, he is the true kung fu master, and basically bows down to be like, can you teach me the ways and right as he like he's letting his guard down, he goes to do the assassin thing again with the weird flower, but he does the palm where it goes right by him and punches through like a whole building, which is really cool and stupid. Well, that's when he says like, "Oh, you were the true master," yeah. and he means it that time mm-hmm. some yeah. for some reason. Doesn't and then the flower like uh, floats away. Oh, yeah. yeah, he spins it away like one of those. Uh, oh my god, sky dancer, and sky dancer, sky dancer. Yeah, yeah. 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 and I, I think the bad guy actually sees that. And it's interesting because it's like, uh, is the guy's name Stephen Chow? Yeah, Stephen Chow. Yeah. He's like, like he has the beast be impressed, not by like, a, you know, master's act of violence. It's a master's act of like beauty. Like he turns this, you know, this dangerous like flower dagger into a beautiful little yeah. star. Like, yeah, basically just forgives him right away. I think it's that's like, like whoa. It's, it's such a good scene. And yeah. then. They basically just wrap up the film after that. Of uh, It shows that he's decided to open up a candy shop with the Mew Girl and his friend Bone. And then it's uh, all these kids kind of rushing in. Like you said, it could be interpreted where they're thinking about this is the story of how it happened. But my favorite thing is the movie ends with like this really nerdy looking kid with just snot coming down his nose. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the baker from earlier that sold him the, the faulty pamphlet has like all these other different kung fu styles. Yeah. But that's not how the movie ends. The movie ends with like he opens the candy shop and then the... Mute girl, I don't think they open the candy shop with her. Yeah. She, she comes to the candy shop. She comes, that's And right, they see yeah. each other as they were as children. Right. Yeah. So, I don't even... You guys were talking about this earlier. I don't even see that as an interpretation of, like, oh, are they imagining it? Like, no. They're just seeing each other as they were as children. Oh, yeah. I like that. I mm. I felt like there was... Yeah, there was either... It was something to do with the magic and... They're the, at peace. Yeah. yeah. I think is that's the idea of that. I, 
I think that's yeah, and then the because um, it's a parody of kung fu movies. Yes. And I do kind of think I think you mentioned Aladdin earlier. I do think you could read it almost as a story that the uh, pamphlet guy was telling too. Oh yeah, about the whole movie, good. like because yeah. I think he says in the beginning, like I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. So maybe it's just at the very end. He, he does give one. him a pamphlet for Palm Style. Yeah, and it is Palm Style, but that's yeah. what he does yeah. at the very end. So. I don't know. I, I think it's just a little... I, I laughed like when, like, he was selling him the thing just because of how dirty his <laughs> TV looked. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He, he looks like, like, like what a mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the kid doesn't look much better. He's, like, colored in <laughs> yeah. oh, boogers. Yeah. Or, if you will, like, a pig pen from a uh, Charlie Brown. <laughs> that, too. Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah, a bit yeah. more <laughs> recognizable than what a mess. Yeah. <laughs> look like The British boy. cartoon <laughs> don't dog. Don't make it back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we should just get into the ratings and wrap it up here. I, I, I want to give this, uh, we'll use the rating system of, we'll say one out of five uh, Kung Fu Masters hopping off a hawk. Uh, you know, five is really good, one is uh, un- unimaginably bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I- I've watched this film so many times, I gotta do a, a five out of five Kung Fu Master hops off hawks because, like, it's just, it's so fun. I've never, like... One out of five? No, I'm saying five out of five. Did okay, I say one out of five? I no, think you said, said five out of five. Oh, okay, that's, that's, five? that's, that's mine. What am I doing? <laughs> Sorry, it must have been all the squirt I had. Um, <laughs> Gross. A shout out to Squirt, sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> it's not pee. Yeah, but it's not cum. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, it's it, it's one of my favorite films. That's why I chose it. That's why we're doing this series. I would understand of like maybe going down to four out of five, but I just every time I've watched it, I just enjoy it so much. I don't I don't feel like I even need to go into an explanation of it. I, I spent this whole podcast talking about it like a 12-year-old, so, I mean, yeah, okay. it's good. I can't imagine not giving it a perfect score. It was really fun. And I, if I had seen it as a, like, when it came out, like, how do you remember how old you were when you first saw it? I saw it, I mean, that would have been my senior year of high school, so I'd have been 17 or 18 when I saw it, so. If I were, yeah, like in high school or probably even, like, a little bit younger, oh my god, that would be, like, a movie that would just stick with me forever, but seeing it as an adult, I was like, that's pretty good. I liked it. Don't see anything wrong with it. I give it five out of five. All right, I'm gonna give it a three out of five. Oh, damn. Because, like, it was fine, and like I said, I do have, I don't know how much of the issues I have with it are because of age. Yeah. Because, like, when it came out, I was, like, pretty deep into my cinema snob phase. Mm. Where, like, oh, if it's not David Lynch or something stupid like the hat, like, I don't don't give a shit. But uh, it was enjoyable, and I would recommend it to people. And it really is, like, looking at it as, like, a kung fu movie... I get a lot more enjoyment out of it as rather than looking at it as a comedy movie because the comedy yeah. really doesn't work for me. I Anything that I uh, there's a lot of things that I think are supposed to be really funny that I think like oh that's kind of dumb. Yeah. Like the whole like chase sequence when they're doing like like the Looney Tunes chase sequence where like all oh, like I love that sequence I love so much. Yeah. It's silly and okay I did laugh a little bit but it's just like it doesn't fit in this movie. And he's drifting under the truck. He's yeah. drifting under the truck. He's using the knife like too rear view mirrors. I honestly kind of feel it's like so like fun. Stephen Chow almost could have been cut from this movie entirely. Yeah. <laughs> Make him the gay hairdresser. That would have been. Fun. That's what I think they should have done. That yeah. would have like and then. Just, the story just tighten the movie up. Like, if like, it were the landlord landlady yeah. as the main character. And I will say, yeah, I exactly. Yeah. 
I almost think that was done on purpose at the time in Stephen Chow's career because he was so famous for being a writer, producer, and actor in all of his films that it's like, oh, well, if I'm doing a film, I have to be in it if this is going to sell tickets. Um, I, uh, maybe that's, that's what it was because, yeah, like it, it definitely feels like this movie like needed a rewrite yeah. or something. Like the, the, What works, works really well. And there's other stuff that like could work. It's like Killing Your Darlings as a writer. Like There's stuff that's good, but it doesn't fit in the product, so you got to take it out. But yeah, so yeah, three out of five. Yeah, that's, that's fair. For the amount of criticism, I would say three to five is fair. To, to offset Luke's score, I'm giving the film a seven out of five. Let's go. Whoa. I, I just really like it. I think it's a wonderful film. It was really laugh, fun. Made me laugh really hard. I really yeah. like these characters. I, uh, yeah. I can't think of an issue I have with it other than, uh, other than some of the gay jokes, but for a Chinese film, I'd say it's the most progressive film I've ever it's seen. 2004. Yeah. 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 God, American films yeah. are fucking like, that, yeah. he's gay. For that time, it could have been a lot worse. Oh, yeah. no, I know. I, 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 I saw I, Norbit recently. Oh, my <laughs> God. Why did I do that? Oh, wow. That? I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that since. It was... I, I watched it just to put myself through it, and I... Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, my God. What if a you nightmare want to hurt I've had this thought, though, like, about homosexuality and, like, uh, Asian cultures. We're like, they don't seem to have as much trouble, like, depicting it. Like, especially in, like, you know, like, Japanese culture. Where, like, mm-hmm. there can be gay characters... But they're not any more keen on gay people yeah, in yeah. their society than, like, America or anything just else as is. bad. Yeah, um, everybody sucks. But having gay crushes is, like, okay. Yeah. You just don't yeah, you just marry a gay it. person, I guess. It depends on the artist. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I had to look it up, too, because uh, while you were talking about that about the whole Stephen Chow thing of, like, how it would sell tickets, the fact that he was writing, directing, and acting in all his films... It wasn't until like 2013 uh, when he did Journey to the West, which is also a pretty fun film, that he, oh, he wasn't that? one of the actors in that film. That's like Whoa. that's how long he went with that. God damn! Wow. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. But I'll, you know what? I get it. He's a really good. He, he does it all. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he was awesome. And at the very end, like he, like through most of the movie, like he looks like a, very much a comedy character, like a silly kind of kind of slum slum rat. But then at the very end, he. He looks like a bona fide like yeah, neo figure, yeah. like a Liu Kang. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I was kind of repeating awesome. myself, but like, there was a part of the movie where like I forgot he was in the movie. Yeah, like the, the main yeah. like when you find out like the landlord and landlady are kung fu masters, like that whole yeah. bit, and then he yeah. showed up like right after that. Like, oh right, he's in this movie. Yeah. He's like the main <laughs> yeah. character. And, yeah, it's like you said earlier, like the the breakout star and the main focus of this movie that everybody loves. It's the landlady. She's yeah. so fun. She's it's the incredible. Best. Yeah. Just, oh man, it's, it's the, such a good time. Yeah, the sucking on the cigarette and then just belting yeah. it all out. <laughs> yeah. It's just an all-time bet. So good. Uh, but yeah, that brings us finally to our, our I, I want to say the stupid game section, but I it's been so long, I forgot to do any type of research or anything for the games. Um, the only thing I wanted to give was a quick aside, which is I was watching this film and then Barbara came by and I told her I was watching it for Podzuki and she's like, why are you watching this film? There's no Zuki. And I'm like, it's so right. <laughs> and that's when I find out that she she thought Zuki was like a term for kaijus. So, uh, <laughs> that's incredible. Although I will say, like, we should make that a term. Yeah. I knew exactly what you were talking yeah. about when you said there's no Zuki. She's right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's our new game, actually. We'll be adding and I'll get a new jingle for it. Uh, where's the Zuki? So... Uh, just because also doing the... I did it all for the Zuki! Come on, the Zuki! Okay, I gotta use that now. Um, <laughs> I did it all for the Zuki! Come on, the Zuki! 
and on top of that too, it's like uh, I don't want to do a, what's the deal with this kaiju because I feel like going through the list now is almost a half hour endeavor. So yeah, no, we don't need to do that anymore. We can retire that game actually. Yeah, I guess it's true. I'll be back with some more Rod Canada effects next episode. Don't worry. We got a little carry. <laughs> Listen, there's a baby doing two weeks. I'm busy. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you at home, listeners. <laughs> Pieces of shit. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. So oh, if if my daughter turns out to be a podcaster, <laughs> she's out of here. That's um, a shunning. If yeah. I've heard one. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll just get to the good old recommendations and plugs. Did anybody have anything in mind for recommendations? Uh, I actually have something that's like, I don't, I feel like I might have recommended it before, but probably not. The Godzilla Pinball Machine. Ooh. I mean, we actually for It was actually, yeah. like, I know I've mentioned to you guys, like, it's over the Zooks. Messenger before. If you're somebody who's into pinball, like, okay, I'm sure you already know this. A couple of years ago, they released a Godzilla Pinball Machine. Whoa. It's probably stern, but I'm not positive, but I've been. I work at a place now that's, like, not too far from a really popular arcade in uh-huh. Chicago. So I've been going there after work. All and right, we I've can been say playing... on the podcast, Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've been playing a lot of the Godzilla pinball machine. And it's oh, wait, is it replay? so much fun. No, uh, Logan Arcade. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, Logan one Arcade rips. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, that's, I think that's the best arcade in yeah, I mean, Chicago. It's also, it's, like, oh, yeah. a good bar. Like, yeah. yeah, it's a good bar, too. Yeah, it's really and, like, I would go there just to drink, but I mean, of course they're going to play games. And they take yeah. orders rather than tokens. Like, I, like oh, technically, I technically with tokens, you would be spending less, mm-hmm. but I still just prefer having quarters, because then you still have actual money yeah, at I, the end of the day. I, I, I fucking hate leaving a barcade at the end of the night. It's like, well, I got three tokens, I guess I need to come back. Yeah, I, I've still got like like a dozen like Emporium tokens in my change, <laughs> change bowl in my apartment. Yeah. But it's really cool. There are lots of like really cool like modes in it. Like there's a a Mecha Godzilla that you get to hit, and then when you hit it enough, it activates its shield. Like from uh, the first ooh, movie, where there's like a couple of drop targets you have to hit. Yeah. It's just really cool. If you like pinball, I'm sure you already know about it. Yeah. And also, bonus, the new Elvira ooh. pinball machine. It's oh, from like a, like just like two years ago. And no, like the, where she she filmed all new stuff for it to talk about the movie, the movie like you activate oh, sick. movies like there's Man of the Hand of Fate, uh, Ooh, Night man. of the Living Dead, and a couple of other like really bad movies that she'll talk about. Yeah, yeah. she's as hot as ever. Yep, and also she's queer now, yeah, Hell which yeah, is really dude. cool. Let's yeah. go. Well, publicly queer. Pub- yeah. yeah, publicly queer, but. Privately straight, really weird. We're ashamed of you, Elvira. How dare you? <laughs> Stealing power. Yeah. You know what? She gets... No, I'm not going to say that's a good thing. Either. Also, watch that Elvira movie. It's kind of funny. I've it's seen the Elvira movie. Yeah. They oh, used to play on Comedy Central all the time. Made me very confused as you. Uh, yeah. I mean, not confused. I know what's going on. I was getting horny. Yeah. <laughs> I like that joke. Oh, how's your head? Oh, I've had no complaints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. Um, you know, it's been a, a bit. We're, we're putting out our 100th episode before this, yeah. um, which we've really delayed. Listen, we're sorry, but we'll be at, we'll have it out soon. At this point, it'll have already been out. We've so. delayed. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the best pod. You yeah. got a kid coming. There's cool. an, another 100. 
I literally, I literally made the tweet today to put out there to say to people, hey, please give us uh, recordings for this. I really want this to be retweeted and big. Not for good reasons. I want a bunch of strangers saying, I've never listened to this podcast, so I can put it on my episode. Did my commercial <laughs> ever get posted? Oh, I gotta email them, like, Richard about that thing, too. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm fucking up so bad. Uh, but for recommendations, I've recommended so many Common Rider series at this point that I think it's time to do something a little different, which is an earlier season of Common Rider from 2001. It's all coming. Yeah. Common uh, <laughs> Rider Guido, which is an interesting change in the franchise because it starts off with three riders as the main characters right away, which oh. had never been done before. And I like that it's about monsters that go away or go around and kill for God. Um, so it's a real good critique on Christianity. Oh, okay, so this is like this is like the Ducktales take on Common Rider. It is the Ducktales take, but yeah, um, no, they literally called the unknown, and God's uh, getting worried that people are becoming too strong, so he's having anyone that has any latent psychic abilities be killed by them, and they're all horrific ways. And once again, I love oh, that shit. it's a children's show. <laughs> Whoa! It, the first episode, the the monster's method of killing people is by stuffing them into trees as hard as they can until body parts are falling out. And this is, once again, this was a children's show in 2000 for Japan. And I'm like, this is not a children's show. What is going well, Blood is flying out and I can see arms coming out of the tree. That's so sick. That's yeah. rad as shit. Nice, why, why are our children's shows so weak here? I want to make them as violent know, as they Japan. They used to be used to have Batman the Animated Series. That's true. It's still like that. Well, then you... I don't know. Then you had a couple, like... I thought Clone Wars was like at least Clone Wars. like Clone Wars watchable. Rips. Yeah, yeah. You get Tarkovsky anything, he'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the are you talking about the Dave Filoni one or the Tarkovsky one? Oh, the Gendy Tarkovsky one. The, They're both uh, the two D animated uh, Clone Wars. Oh, I haven't seen much of that one. Oh, check that shit out. I think I saw like an episode of it when it first came out, and then I watched a little bit more of that Filoni one. It's like three D, and that one's oh, pretty okay. good. I, I actually haven't seen any of that. Oh, that's I love really that the, the Clone Wars for the Fellini one is like I love that I think they just went on so long that people stopped caring and he got to do whatever he wanted because like yeah. the first season's alright but after that it's like oh this this dude had like a whole story he's doing with this that's good yeah so. he's a, they're kind of giving him the keys right now like he's doing all the stuff for like he's the reason Mandalorian's yeah. good so. yeah and it is really good yeah. and the Obi-Wan one I didn't hate yeah I thought it was fun the weirdest critique and I'm just going to get into this so we can get to everybody else's recommendations which is, uh, I thought it was weird, but this is my summation on uh, the Book of Boba Fett. It's boring, but in a good way. I, <laughs> like a I, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, the, 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 the Book of Boba Fett. I hated it. Oh my god. I, I liked it, but it's a boring series, but it's like, if you're killing time, you're like, I just want to relax in the Star Wars universe. That's how I feel if about If I wanted to relax in the Star Wars universe, I would just put on Mandalorian Season 1 again. Yeah, that's true. It's, the Vespas look so dumb. Uh, the Yeah, why were they so slow? Yeah, and he's just in the back to tank for the first year of it. Yeah. It's, yeah, and then immediately they bring back Mandalorian, and it's way better. Yeah, the, literally the Mandalorian. Well, didn't the, the, the yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you're talking about. It just became the Mandalorian. Yeah, and I was like, like thank God. Yeah. I heard a lot of it was because the dude who played Boba Fett was just like fat and old. Yeah. So he couldn't really do a See, lot of he's, stuff. He's wanted. about 60. Yeah, so God it's like. Damn. Like, uh, there's nothing wrong. Like, I mean, we saw nothing everything wrong with being old. old. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, we, Biden, but. literally, we saw everything everywhere all at once. Like, Michelle Yeoh is about uh, probably similar age, about sixty, and she was yeah. kicking all sorts. What, what of a ass. fucking queen! But just... Boba Fett and the, that actor, like, yeah, he's, you, you, he's just kind of walking around. People, people got to stop putting like. Uh... Older folks who aren't mobile in action roles. I, yeah. I haven't seen any of it, but I've seen many reviews about Listen, how shitty Picard is. Yeah, I believe it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that has little to do with 
Patrick Stewart being old. Oh, well, I know, but they keep way putting... more to do with the writers are fucking idiots. I know, but they also just keep putting this like nearly ninety-year-old man in these like action scenes where he's supposed to do stuff, and it's it seems disconcerting. Well, I mean, I'm going to go back all the way to Common Rider yet again and bring it to that. Don't watch Picard. Yeah. That's my that's my plug. But, <laughs> yeah, please don't watch it. Watch Strange New Worlds. Because that show's really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I want to go back to this, which is, they were so smart all the way back in 1971 when they are making Kamen Rider, because listen, the action scenes, he's in a fucking cyborg suit. You can put anybody in that. And once again, why didn't they do that Boba Fett? Think about it. That's a good point. Think about it. Oh. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I like that you're thinking, like, I don't want to risk Brandon going another tirade about Kamen Rider. <laughs> I don't need that right now. And do you have a, you know, a recommendation for a... Or a piece of media, or like a feeling, or just a thing. <laughs> I guess just because we were talking about this, uh, it just reminded me of like, as I was watching it the whole time, I, I was thinking about this other movie that was like, kind of similarly like a living cartoon, mm. and I watched, I wanted to recommend The Happiness of the Katakuris. I love that movie. Yeah, have you seen that one? I've, seen I've never seen it. The Happiness I, I, of what? The Katakuris. I think it's a lot darker and a lot... I think like, this is a Takashi funny. Mike film, right? Is it, is it, is it Takashi Mike or Takashi Mike? But I think Mike. That's, that's how I've always. And I, I saw two eyes. Mike could still be mine. <laughs> I thought um, I thought uh, Ichi the Killer is a little bit a little bit too killer. much for me. A little bit too a little bit too cruel. But I thought Happiness of the Katakuris is very very funny and just similarly like what the fuck is happening? Yeah, this is a Takashi Mike film. Uh, but yeah, it's it is such a weird dark and funny film and it's also yeah. a musical at the same time <laughs> yeah yeah and oh man yeah. there's so many characters who are just pieces of shit yes. it's this family that like people just keep accidentally dying in their house yeah. they're doing a lake house for like a vacation thing and they're just covering up the fact that people just are accidentally dying yeah. and it, it's very very funny <laughs> there's a claymation weird creepy uh, thing at one point yep like a fetus oh. I think is what it is yep there's a guy who pretends to be in the army to yeah. date, date one girl and he does like a whole musical number about it it's very fun it's, it's so good I'm definitely check that out yeah, Hell yeah dude. highly recommended uh, I, I want to recommend I want to recommend my number two movie because we're watching my number one movie for an episode of these uh, eventually yeah you know, my number two movie is right poop Ah. Okay, put a, I'm gonna extend that applause break for five minutes. Is there a movie named Poop? There has to be. This, this time, is right? it, folks. <laughs> yes, number one. Comedy really, the only way that joke works. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's actually like fifty different poop. student films that are all <laughs> yeah. terrible. Okay, that's well, a great I'm, I'm a compilation it. of student films. Okay, like when they released those uh, those huge compilations of like oh, public yeah, domain like, horror movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like. Uh, uh, Fifty scary movies, five dollars. I remember the big one that was like 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 one hundred fifty seven movies God, or something. Yeah, yeah. Where there like, is a, poop like a big the folio. Movie. I just want to make sure there is a poop the movie. It's technically a short, but it did come out two thousand fourteen. But still, God, it works. Well, that's way more recent than I thought it would be. Yeah, it took too long. Uh, anyway, <laughs> like my number two. We're, we're doing, we're doing, <laughs> it was kind of backed up. Yeah. <laughs> it's held up in production for a little bit. <laughs> okay, so, I'm sorry I did this to you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Just don't start talking about Common Rider again. Okay. Well, that might. No. <laughs> they had to take me. <laughs> me there we go. Oh, man. <laughs> you made a book, the movie, the sequel? <laughs> I doubt the microphone picked that up. I don't. <laughs> if not, I'll put a very cartoonish card <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, dude. You freaking dumped. <laughs> 
We're doing my first favorite film at some point. My second favorite film is Walk Hard, a Dewey Cox story. Oh, the best. That movie fucks so Perfect hard. Movie. I almost brought that up earlier. I think that's like the last comedy. It's the last I, I think comedy it's, comedy I, movie. I think it's one of the last great comedies. It's if you've never seen it, just think it's the most so spot-on parody of Walk the Line. If you've never seen like a music yeah. biopic movie, you don't fucking need to. It's just great on its own. It was. I watched Walk the Line after Walk Hard. And it was hard. It was like, I was like, yeah, no. what the fuck is going yeah, on? This no. is walk, walk hard. Walk, yeah. yeah, no. Walk line fucking sucks if you've seen Walk Hard first. Yeah, yeah. yeah because walk, you've already yeah. seen a masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. That was so you won't. Beautiful. You'll give me that draft. <laughs> There's so many classic lines. Do it. You don't want to do this. The say, wrong you kid don't want any died. <laughs> the wrong kid died. It's just a Yeah, it's, it's, if not the last comedy, it's like the last yeah. true parody. This is a yeah. dark fucking period. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great uh, point of a parody. He needs more and fewer blankets. <laughs> I think that the, the writers were talking about that. Like It was like an actual, like, they love those movies. They just wanted to parody it for fun. Yeah. And also John yeah. C. Riley's a talented musician he's, as he's well. He's insane. All, all of the songs, just toe-tappers after toe-tappers. Yeah. Though, I will say... There are some that have a very 2006 uh, sense of humor. They're still good songs, but they're just they're they're very blunt. Yeah, yeah. I do. I didn't realize until I rewatched it a couple months ago that Harold Ramis is one of the uh, Jew producers. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who gets him to go back to the, the, the rehab. Oh yeah, oh, rehab. Oh 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 rehab. Yeah. <laughs> so you, the audience, remembers the joke. <laughs> I feel like you know I'll, I'll, I'll end a happy note about comedy movies. I feel like they're slowly coming back. Like yeah. I recently saw Fire Island. Uh, even though it's more of a comedy drama, it was really fucking funny. Yeah. And, and Popstar Star came out. Yeah. Oh, Pop Star. That's too. kind of a Meyer walk. Yeah. Pop Star is incredible. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah, but it does feel like they're getting absorbed by other things. Like even the Chip and Dale. I'm like, this is a Lonely Island movie, but it is, is fucking Disney now. It, 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 that's just. They gave us money yeah. to do this property, we, so we're gonna yeah. make we're gonna make a decent movie with this property. It's Lonely the, Island, get out of yeah. there! Go but we really don't give a shit about there's, the property. There's no straightforward comedies because there's no straightforward movies. Yeah. It's all just kind of IP, and mm, like yeah. it, if you can just kind of like do your own analysis of like, okay, this is a multiverse movie, but really. This is a comedy at the end of the day because it's modern. well something that I mention all the time about that movies in America now like they're made for a Chinese market. They're I, made so they can sell them in China. Like I don't know. Well, that's... I'd say more international at this point, just all around. Yeah, maybe international kind of means China. Yeah, I China. <laughs> like I mean, it's a big film market. Yeah, yeah. True. I mean, they are the world power that's taken over America at this point. Good for them. Yeah, you learn how to say, really do you want up. fries with that in Chinese? <laughs> no, man. I'm fucking do it. Yeah. Well, I think uh, for plugs, um, just We've a very, heard, yeah. very quick one, which is pressure still back at the Redline VR every Tuesday. Let's go. Uh, I forget if sign-ups at 7.30 and shows at 8. Yeah, sign-ups sign up at 7.30 shows at 8. I haven't been there in a few weeks. Once again, baby stuff. But, I mean, you'll see the lovely Jonathan Shannon, Georgia Gove, uh, Ricardo's back finally, which is great, from his improv team, which, great. come on, you want to do comedy? Why do an improv, Ricardo? Oh, I know he won't listen to this. I'm sure he's also great at improv, so I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. well, you you reigniting the war between improvers and stand-ups? Yeah, well, that war never died. <laughs> no, it's just the bit itself. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, yeah, that's it for my plugs. So. Yeah. I, I actually, my ride is here. Oh, shit. Uh, the only plug, when is this coming out? Uh, this is going to come out probably... Uh, before 2023? Before 2023. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would yeah. say like about two, no, about a month, I'd say. 
Because, I mean, I will get the 100th episode done soon. This will come out, like, after the 25th? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be at uh, Just for Laughs in Montreal. Holy shit! On uh, the 25th. Oh, and hell then, yeah. Uh, I wish I knew yeah. that, but also I'm off Facebook now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't posted. Oh, okay. I, I can't. It's a secret. But um, Oh, sweet. Fuck, you heard it first here. Um, Podzuki exclusive. Yeah, <laughs> if you, uh, I'll plug, if you live in Chicago, eat at Owen and Engine in Logan Square. Yeah. That's where I'm working currently. It's a good Great restaurant. Place. Yeah. Good British burger. food. But, like, even if you yeah, think British food's gross, we got a lot of options. So you'll enjoy it. Thank you so much for Timothy having me. Timothy Oliphant ate there recently. Yeah, but we got, we got, we got to let you be free. But here, yeah. real quick, we got a few more segments. No, okay, let's. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Wait, Wait, you're gonna like yeah. the way we fuck. I guarantee it. Uh, yeah, you're gonna, <laughs> kiss your mama. We regret that you have not yet complied with our order. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. in my throat. <laughs>